walking down the street with my sack of tricks. No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks. It's the podcast. Yeah, it's the podcast. I said I'm walking down the street with my sack of tricks. No one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks. It's the podcast. Motherfucking podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today is Friday, November 19th, 2021. This is episode 7 with LunaPunks. LunaPunks.io, that's the website. Check it out. I'm Finn for TerraSpaces.org. This is the NFT show. It's the podcast. I'm here with Hippie from LunaPunks.io. Hippie, how you doing? All right. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, Finton. Thank you for inviting me. I think it's a, it's a real honor to be here. You have this awesome project and i really like the idea about the attributes being tied to your wallet address because as people know uh, every wallet address is different and it's just kind of a random thing that gets assigned to you you know and so uh to have uh, an nft and a a profile pic that kind of goes with your wallet address it's a cool idea to me how how did you come up with that you were just like these these other punks are too expensive or like you you thought you could uh make it a little different nice yeah oh appreciate your love for this project thing that is uh i really need like the support from the committee and so how how this how did this start um yeah i think it really started with you know i got into crypto this year and crypto punks is like the main thing right like everybody is looking at it and so I've been wanting one myself. And yeah, so that's how it all started. Um, it's like an idea that's like stuck in the back of my head. And once the opportunity was right, then it's, it's all about uh, making it happen. So then the randomization thing of the address, um, I think that idea came in because of a problem with um, smart contracts in general. Yeah, because randomization is a, is a big problem. It's like, you know, we have to either one, go through an oracle or to find some way, you know, to get this randomization. And then I was thinking, hey, you know, Altera addresses has actually a super cool technology. It uses like the back 32 address kind of stuff where all the, there is some kind of error handling and, you know, essentially each of the alphabets are random. So I thought that that would be a cool idea to use the randomization initially used, you know, to create this, um, I mean, the initial randomization in these addresses, because that computation is, is already done before, right? So yeah, I thought of using that and it was just about figuring out how to extract out all this information from the back 32 addresses that we are using in our smart contracts. What is that like? Like for someone like me that doesn't program, like my my idea of people coding is basically what I see in the Matrix and the hit documentary Hackers from the 90s. You know, like I, I don't really, do you just sit down and you, you look at the contract uh, language and then see like what is available to you in that? Or like, how does that work? Oh, I see. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not as... Uh as spectacular as you know like the matrix you're not rollerblading around and like jacking into uh (laughs) pay phones and and shit like that (laughs) i i mean in last time i thought it was like that but now that i've been through it is it's totally not like that yeah so it's it's really like a lot of trial and error you know like just trying and looking through the documentation like trying to understand 
how things work with um, this specific library. And yeah, it's, it's, for me, it's a lot of trial and error because um, I am fairly new to Terra's programming language, or Rust. I think we use Rust in Terra. So I'm super new in this programming language and it's like, I have to go through the tutorial for, for Rust, try to understand and grasp all the concept. And as well, thankfully, thankfully, you know, um, Terra's ecosystem is, is pretty cool. Like we have, um, like, there is an open source Cosmwasm contracts that we can build upon. So when we want to build like custom contracts, there is at least a base to start from. Oh, so that's it makes, cool. Like, yeah, it makes creating uh, smart contracts slightly easier. Yeah, so then you just like try stuff and then run it, see what breaks, and then just kind of keep keep trial and error, like you said, until you get it right. That was my process. That was my process. I'm I'm pretty sure like people who are more experienced would have a a more straightforward process. Yeah, but for me, I'd like to think so, but I I don't know. (laughs) The more I dig into this stuff, the more I think we're all just kind of trial and erroring it. There are some uh, pretty big brains in the community, though. It's really a pleasure to be in some of these Discord servers and watch some of these guys work and like some of the brainstorming sessions that they have. Like it, it's it gets pretty intense. It, it's pretty interesting. So take us through your site a little bit. If you go to lunapunks.io, the mint's not open yet, right? But if people go to the Discord link that's on there, they can uh, get in line for the whitelist. Or how does that work? Yes, currently. Oh, the public launch is, it will happen sometime on 4th December. Yeah, I set it according to the block height, but it generally roughly would end in, uh, it will start in 4th December. So in order to get the whitelist from now to then, um, we have been hosting sort of like giveaways and competitions. Uh, but, you know, I find it a little bit tedious in terms of the amount of uh, work that I have to put in. And it's a trade-off. It's a trade-off really between like... Um, work that can be done for the website, work that can be done, um, you know, for improving sort of like the trading functions. So it is really a trade-off and I'm beginning to sort of like steer away from giveaways and uh, competitions. I mean, if the committee would like to steer that, I think that would be awesome. We have uh, 200 um, Lunar Punks reserved for our committee members. I have yet to figure out what to do with it, but I think um, after launch and maybe after like some of the trading functions are done, I think that would be something that I'll be looking at. Yeah, but if we would like some whitelist, I think just head on to the Discord server and then uh, soon enough, I'll be posting maybe like a Google form, which would allow us to uh, efficiently get the whitelist address. Yeah, I think Lunar Punks should be something for everyone. We have made it such that the, each individual address can only get one Lunar Punk. So I think that... Most definitely not all punks would get minted. <laughs> so, yeah. So but the ones like that some... uh, you have reserved, are they tied to wallet addresses or they're just keys to get one minted for your wallet address, like for whoever wins it? Yes, correct. I got so you. Um, okay. when, when I was generating the smart contract, I was uh, sort of like generating 200 random addresses as well. Oh, yeah, cool. So the 200 are uh, random lunar punks as well. Yep. So those are it would it wouldn't count as a mint to our wallet address, but it would just be sort of like airdrop to our wallet address. Right. Those are like the community created Lunar Punks. Yeah. That's cool. So this the team so far is just you? Like you've done all this on your own? 
Yeah, apparently it's just me. Um, I Bro, had a friend you who need was to, helping with. You need community leaders. You need to be down there, like doing the coding and letting other people do the uh, the giveaways and all that for sure. But that's really impressive for like what you have here. This is like the hype that we saw in Alpha's uh, Discord server when you were like, "Hey, send a send a few people, uh, and we'll get them some some whitelist passwords." And basically, the whitelist like you don't have to wait. Once you get your password, you can go to LunaPunks.io and mint your punk. Like that's how we all have ours. Like we all ended up getting a yeah. password and and uh, being able to mint ours. So yeah, yeah. And I got super valuable feedback from from Alpha Channel. Yeah, that's a great community. I love those guys over there. Thanks. And it was cool, like during that, because I I was like, I don't know if you know what you're getting into here, because like once we, if as soon as I posted that, like people were DMing, and then like I was like, all right, that seems like a lot, but he hasn't said stop yet, so I'm just gonna keep sending them. And then you like spit back this list of passwords for him, and yeah, everybody was super grateful and stoked. I don't know if they actually relayed that to you personally, but like everybody that I handed a password to was like, Oh my God, thank you so much. Like, this is so cool. So definitely doing good work out there. Great. Great. Yeah. At some point I was worried that um, I would be troubling you too much. Oh no. um, Collecting passwords is quite (laughs) tedious to be honest. Oh, we're organized. I just made a little form and I just like spit them out in there. No, oh, nice. no problem. We use a lot of Google Forms in this field. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, we definitely have interns and all sorts of other people in the community that when when you're ready to to get some help and some mods and stuff in there stacked up, definitely let us know and we'll we'll send some good people your way. And so you yes. did what made you decide to to do it yourself? Like there's there's three marketplaces that are potentially uh available if somebody wanted to mint a project but you you decided to like kind of do it all yourself here yeah that's an interesting question for me because i've um, deployed two other projects before so i kind of um know how to create sort of like a minting function and a minting page like a, a website you know front to execute the minting um but i I really wanted to sort of like host on, you know, nowhere and stuff like that. But I think the communication between um, that was uh, not established or it was difficult to establish that connection. And I think because the smart contract that I created was sort of like um, half custom as well, right? Because it required some kind of a image generation on chain, right? So I couldn't really use what I thought is that I can't use their smart contract. So then that's why, you know, I decided if we were to create something like uh, CryptoPunks, that's the original sort of like idea, right? Then maybe I'll learn what was good from CryptoPunks. And when I went to their website, their website is actually pretty um, intense. There's uh, trading functions in there as well. So on top of sort of like the on-chain image generation, I was looking at um, possibly adding some kind of uh, marketplace functions in uh, the website as well. Yep. That would be cool to yeah, be so- able to see like the overall stats and everything once the, the market gets rolling, kind of like them. And if people don't know, this is the one on ETH that you, you probably, if, if you guys are listening to this, you're probably just in, in Terra and maybe dabbled in, in some of these other ones. But uh, Galactic Punks is the one we see a lot around the, the Terra space. But yeah, the... OG crypto punks like that's 
that's the one that kind of started the whole punk thing, I guess. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah. With a 592 ETH sale volume in the last 24 hours. Like, it is ridiculous, but it's it's wow. a massive, massive market. Yes, yeah, it's, it's super interesting. And for myself, NFTs, although they are like just JPEGs, I, I really dig the concept behind uh, CryptoPunks. And I enjoy what they're doing. I think there is quite a lot of um, uh, progress. Like they even uh, they were the first on-chain um, uh, NFT as well. I think they successfully converted their Lunar Punks into on-chain. Yeah, so um, a lot of inspiration is from them. Yeah. So for those of us that might not know, what is the alternative? So you're either on-chain or off-chain, and is that what the IPFS stuff that we see a lot of is? Oh, yes, yes, that's, that's a fabulous question, yeah. So there's, um, if I can dwell a little bit into the technicals. Yeah, please. I think, yeah, so the off, off-chain sort of like relates to just storing the image information or the NFT information, right, in a off-chain kind of environment which means like our traditional databases and stuff like that oh so just like right. a regular web server basically yes and ipfs is sort of like count considered as off-chain as well because it's not in the blockchain okay right? the information is stored um in the ipfs right the interplanetary file system so yeah it's considered as off-chain i would say my understanding of uh, on-chain and block and off-chain is that off-chain is outside of sort of like the smart contract ecosystem and on-chain is within the smart contract itself. Okay, so, so this is a peer-to-peer protocol. Okay, sorry. I just like looked up what it was real quick just for clarification. So uh, yeah, IPFS is just a peer-to-peer uh, protocol. So I think IPFS is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. The only issue what I have with in terms of like fairness of distribution with um, the NFTs and IPFS is that um, it's pretty difficult to randomize um, who's going to get what, right, with IPFS. Because with IPFS, what's happening is that we are uploading all the generated information up into the IPFS, right? So which what that means is that someone has initial knowledge of, you know, which token contains maybe the rarest kind of attributes, right? So it's sort of like a trusted system where you have to trust the developers to be honest with um, the distribution, right? So that's something that is slightly unfair in my opinion. But of course, there's ways to get around that. For example, like Hashmask. Hashmask is another sort of like a NFT that is hosted on Ethereum blockchain. So I think what they introduced to the to the space was something about um, block randomization. So there's some sort of uh, randomization which, at a certain point of time, they would they would store a random block, a hash of a random block, and that number would shift everyone's um, token ID. Right. So in that sense, there's some sort of like fairness in the distribution because nobody would know what they are going to mint. Uh, without prior knowledge and i really enjoyed that that execution right of the distribution of nft collectibles because it's fair it's it's really like you know the developers have no control over who's going to get what and i think that in terms of um 
the collectibles, I think this is fairly important. You know, this is something that uh, we should consider because uh, if we trust the developers to, you know, assign fair and random um, uh, collect collections to each and every one of us, I think that might be a little bit grown uh, to human error, I would say. Well, that's huge, yeah. right? If you have a marketplace built on rarity and you have this, you know, opportunity or this potential for that to be exploited, like it's silly to think that people are not going to exploit it. And the more you hang out in some of these Discord project communities, like you see that point come up a lot when people start to get kind of skittish you know maybe it's been a, a couple days since mint and people are like all right well now what are we doing kind of thing you know it gets like that uncomfortable quietness about it and then people start you know fudding and and that's one of the one of the things that i see every now and again is that well how do we know you didn't just mint the rare ones and give them to your friends or give them to influencers to like, you know, pay for their, their stuff or whatever. And like, you keep encouraging us to buy more, but like, how do we know we're even going to have a chance to get a rare one? And it seems to me that with blockchain technology like this, if you don't have to trust them, like if there's code there that allows that to be left up to the system and not the human side of it, like you'd be silly not to use it. Yeah, so it's it's really it's really about fair distribution. I think I think you you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, but this is not to sort of like put down other NFT projects. I think at the end of the day, NFT distribution is you know although we might want it to be fair, but if the team is putting in effort, right, and yeah, the roadmap is good. There there's always sort of like um, it's always good to invest in a good team. Is this a lot more in depth than just rolling a regular mint, like say for example through nowhere or random earth using their candy machine? Uh, it, is this this would take an actual either a hippie or a, or a team of devs to like make this in place on their website so that they could mint in a way that that it's actually true, random and fair uh, versus just you know putting them in, in the candy machine. I'm I'm personally not too sure how um, the candy machine is done on uh, the current marketplaces. From what I understand, maybe we might have to, the marketplaces would have to randomize um, the information and assign the attributes from then on. Yeah, so it's, it might be still trusted. I'm not too sh- certain. But in order to create something like this, uh, you might need a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> or like a random death, yeah. For I think sure. the information is there. Like we make use of the uh, Altera addresses, right, to to extract information. I think that would be a good start for randomization. I might think of uh, open sourcing this. I'm not too sure as to the strategy behind how to proceed further. What I'd like to see is just a nice WordPress plugin so I can attach it to my site and do a mint and not have to pay these minter sites uh, hundreds of Luna to to get my little project minted. Got it, got it. And that's, I, like, I found it funny that you're like, I, I reached out and I couldn't get it, get an answer. And it's like, I, I reached out and I got an answer, but I didn't like it. And I, I think you're better off just not getting an answer at this point. Yeah, I didn't get an answer. I was uh, slightly upset, but um, it's a pleasant surprise, I guess. Yeah, you can have my answer. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, that's so much. I'm only trying to mint 250 little bugs. Like, come on. (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure how their process is like. It might be tedious in terms of uh, getting the mint. Right. And supporting the sort of like the mint date. So, so far, you've got 166 minted, not too bad. And it says, I like how you did this. You don't have an actual date. You tied it to a a block height, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I tied it to the block height. Um, Yeah, I thought that was fun um, because um, in blockchain, it's a lot of numbers. And as I was doing Lunar Punks, I was looking at way a lot of numbers. So I think it might have (laughs) affected my output somehow that's cool i haven't seen that yet in in projects like usually yes yeah it's just a a regular date seeing how how much closer we are but i think terra's block block height uh, increases by one every seven seconds and it's pretty stable at that uh transaction that block speed well that's cool i did Mm. not know that yeah i didn't know that as well so i was like uh looking through the the block explorer and checking out, you know, scrolling block by block. And then uh, it seems like every seven seconds, yeah, it's pretty consistent. I, um, I haven't looked at the validator sort of like codes. Um, yeah. So did what uh, what blockchain did you start out in? Oh, oh, that's a good question. Um, I started off with uh, the beginner blockchain, uh, Ethereum. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So... The first one, my first project was on Polygon because Polygon is just uh, cheaper to deploy and to try out. So a lot of solidity. Yep. And then a friend, after deploying two projects on like the EVM blockchains, like Ethereum blockchains, so, uh, Polygon and Ethereum, then a friend kept uh, edging me into Luna, into Terra. Right here saying that uh, Terra has a uh, lack of developers and stuff like that. So I was like, Hmm, okay, maybe I should try it out. I mean, if I'm, if I know I'm going to be in blockchain for a long time, I believe in this, then I would really would, I would really love to sort of like spend my waking day and, you know, resting day on um, blockchain stuff. Yeah, so that's when I started um, checking out Rust and Terra's ecosystem as a whole. So compared to Solidity, how much, like, what's what's the learning curve going from Solidity to Rust look like? For Solidity, I took about maybe one month or two months to deploy something. For Rust, on the other hand, I took about six months plus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Rust was Rust was difficult for me. For me. Yeah, but for Solidity, it seems way easier. It seems like it's more. Uh, friendly to to understand and I think it's a great sort of like beginner um, smart contract or blockchain language to to start off with yeah did you have any coding experience before that or was like solidity was your first uh, dive into into programming oh yes yes um, I have I have a uh, programming language uh, programming experience for about like 10 years or so oh nice so that, that really helped. That really helped in terms of, uh, you know, scaffolding a website and uh, connecting parts here and there. Yep. Is that like for day job stuff or is that just stuff that you found interesting and decided to, to start messing around with? It, it is a day job. It's a day job. Does everybody at your day job have a Luna Punk now? Uh, no, actually not. Actually not. Um, I'm, I haven't really told my 
all of my friends and stuff. It's really just about um, I just want to see you know how this works on the internet. Um, it's like a pet project, and just want to see how far I can go with um, good work. That's funny. If if it was me, I'd be I'd be spreading that shit to like everybody at work. Like they'd all have punks by the end of the week. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I did consider that. I did consider that, but I I didn't really want to be like. Uh, yeah, I think I wanted to separate. You know the the stuff. Yeah. I'm not too sure if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. Keep keep the the crypto life separate from the real life. I definitely feel that. Oh, yours is yours very mixed up. Uh, it is sometimes. It is. Yeah, I've I've said it a couple times, but like when when some of these communities they they watch and kind of have their emotions tied to the charts and everything, and it, it goes from love and light to Lord of the Flies very fast in 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 some of these spaces. It's kind of interesting to watch from like a psychological uh, perspective. Mm, yeah, and I think for for many, it's like. Um... Yeah, savings and and stuff like that. So, yeah, we we always try to tell people like, hey, don't don't invest unless you're you're okay with lighting that money on fire because you have to just have that sort of separation because if you don't, the second things go bad, like it's going to affect you in a real way and it's not going to be great and you're probably not going to be so prepared for it, you know. Especially with the amount of new people we see. Like, there's so many new people every day getting into this. Right, right. Yeah, and we really have to balance between uh, fear and greed and um, the analysis behind what we are investing in to know when to sort of, like, buckle down and maybe when to cut losses. Yeah, and I th- I feel like it's it's way easier to do that the less you have your emotions tied to it, and some of us probably learn that the hard way. Yep, yep. I I actually got burned myself like when I first came into crypto, so I came in like this year, and then I got sort of like um, you know, into futures and stuff like that. That's crazy. That's bad. Which for me, for which me, one did it for you? Which uh, which which token, or was it a a few? Um. Yeah, it was a few. So I it pulled out the gambling spirit in me and I learned so much about myself and I sort of like set my mind to never touch uh, futures again. And that's where, you know, a lot of my energy went into creation, you know. So instead of like um, looking for things to invest in, I started um, creating things. So yeah, I think mm, I, I think everything happens for a reason. Like, if we get burned somehow, um, yeah, maybe we can look into um, putting the energy in other places or maybe taking the learnings um, from whatever it is. And yeah, I think if we look on the bright side, there's always opportunities ahead. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully we, I can create a bigger trip opportunity with Lunapunks and maybe provide a space for more people to come in. You've definitely got that in the the Discord community. You can see like it's a it's a happy group, and they're all like the ones that got their punks are stoked, and they're like showing them off. And then the ones that haven't yet are like trying to like ask what they can do to get on the whitelist and stuff. Like it, it's it's neat to watch. People are definitely into it. Nice, nice. Yeah. So I think one one of the problems that I wanted to solve was because some some of us like you know. 
we got sad because we got a common one. Yeah, and I think that every punk should be equal. So that is something that, you know, I kind of want to um, fix as well. I think there's possible solutions to that. Maybe um, every punk can get equal kind of rewards in the future or something like that. Yeah, but I'll, I'll have to figure that out somehow. And you had that so, in mind, I assume, when you were kind of plugging in the attributes and everything and how, like, which ones are weighted, what percent and everything. I actually didn't have it in mind then. I think it's more of like when um, I feel, you know, I feel some of the emotions when some of um, my committee members got sad, you know, like it's just a normal punk and then they got sad. Yeah. And yeah, I feel quite, you know, I feel like, I want everybody, you know, who owns a Lunar Punk to be to be happy to own a Lunar Lunar Punk. And in order to be happy, I think it has to have like some kind of value pack to it. So I think it's all about giving back and like if if we can put sort of like the profits from this NFT sales back into some kind of like maybe staking rewards or something like that. Um I think that might um help bolster the fact that every Lunar Punk, you know, be it common or rare they would all get the same kind of um, rewards. Or maybe, you know, even if the rarity is more common, maybe they can get more rewards from staking. I don't know. I'll try to figure that out. I feel like, too, like, depending on how that's designed, it's, it tends to attract a different kind of community. You know, like the, the, oh. the ones that are, like, hyper-focused on rarity charts and percentages and stuff kind of seem to attract, like, the flippers and, and people that they don't really care about... I know it's it's kind of cliche at this point, but like they don't care about the art, man. And like, I just feel like the the communities that do and they are just there for like the cool idea or the meme or whatever, and they're not really they don't really give a shit about like future utility and all that stuff. Like it, they seem to have the most fun, I, I think. Yeah, I, I get I get where you what you mean. It it really does. Um, I I do see that that pocket of uh people of community. Who, who do flip the NFTs. I think that's reality. That's um, the way it is. There would definitely be, you know, people who are always, you know, 24-7 looking at flipping. And, you know, even in like real life, we have the property flippers. You oh, know, yeah. In, you know, internet, we have the domain name flippers. As much as, you know, I don't really like them, I think they serve a huge purpose in terms of um, uh, marketing. You know, they do sort of like spread the word about some of the punks or yeah. some of the items that we have for sale. Yeah, but at the end of the day, um, if we believe in the long-term value or if we create a long-term value for the project, the long-term holders would be, you know, some, a group that I would definitely want to cater to. Do you, have you thought about starting like a validator that people would stake to and then your, your punk would kind of be included in that or not that in-depth? No, this this is a great question. Um, I I I think that is viable. I really think that that is viable. Although um, there are many validators out there, um, so I would have to do some research in terms of, you know, whether we should join hands with uh, maybe we'll just stick with uh, Galactic Punk's uh, validator node or one of the validator nodes out there, or maybe it makes sense to create one um, or to set up one um, by ourselves. So. I think that's something that I have to research and consider. I haven't really looked that far, but um, I understand that that might be something um, important to look at. 
is that something is, is that something that you're into like is this is this because i know uh on the front page it's like you know this is just art like it's a aesthetic like let's let's keep that in mind when when we're we're minting these and i i definitely appreciate the the mint price uh not being super crazy like some of these projects that are like two three four five luna i just i, I unless i really really like the art <laughs> you know like i i just can't do it so to to have a cool punk that was super affordable was was really cool nice nice yeah, I think it helped that um, I could do the minting by myself. I think maybe some of the projects do lose out because they mint on um, marketplaces that charge like a sizable fees. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe they are adding that into consideration and they do have a big team. So for myself, I have a small team, uh, just me. So I think it's okay to set as low as possible. Yeah, so one Luna was something that I think would make sense in terms of uh, long-term staking. Yep, so that at, at least there's like a sizable um amount for staking rewards or something along that lines. Oh, that's cool. Like I like where that could go. Like you could take a portion of some of that and stake it and then everyone that stakes their punk with with that would share in the the rewards or something. Yeah, exactly. Cuz it's exactly. only it's fair. Either you it's only one punk per address. So unless you have, you know, multiple addresses, which I'm sure people do, uh then it's it's it should be fair. Mm, yes. Yep. So I think maybe growing up in Singapore, you know, where we have uh forced savings, maybe that helped um somehow bring this idea to fruition. But yeah, I think we are still halfway there. I still have a long way to go. What is forced savings for those of us not familiar? Like they, oh, they right. give you a savings account or something when you're we have like a tax called Central Provident Fund. It's like a tax of our income. Um, but, you know, they do uh, match that tax um, somehow. So we pay, I think like, things. it's a scale according to how much we're earning. And then a portion of it goes to this fund. And this fund, you know, can be used for like housing and stuff like that. So, but it can't be redrawn, you know, and oh, stuff. Cool. So it's really like a forced saving. So imagine like, out of the monthly wage that you get, um, a portion of it goes to the government and it holds it for you and it can be used only for housing. And when you retire, it's um, given to you as a lump sum or as a monthly income. That's pretty slick. That's better than like giving it to the government that's just going to go buy dumb shit with it. <laughs> like ours oh, that, does. That, that is a good point. Yeah, that is a very good point. We were talking about that. I I forget what show it was. There's so many lately uh, with all these projects, but there we were talking about how some of this blockchain smart contract tech could really be used, and like the governance tokens and voting and stuff could could really be used well in communities for like people paying their taxes and stuff, and like saying that you know if you you get to use the governance to cast your vote on where this select portion of the funds is going to get used rather than, you know, the way we do it now, which is just, you know, they take it and decide what they do. And I mean, sure we get to vote and stuff, but I don't know, you know, how much that really changes, changes things. Maybe I'm just jaded. (laughs) Oh, this is actually like uh, the topic of like centralization and decentralization, I think. 
um yeah the governance of control um i i don't know like if you ask me i wouldn't know exactly how to fully implement like a DAO, like a decentralized kind of committee um it sounds good sounds good um but i wonder about the implementation I feel like you're halfway there. I mean, step one, create a Discord server. Step two, make a channel called DAO Voting. <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> we can all vote. <clears throat> and then we need a Discord board as well. That's right. And sure, yeah. What is, uh, what's the, the latest updates? I noticed some new stuff on the website. You've got the uh, attribute section filled out nice, and then the viewer, and I feel like the viewer worked before. Uh, you can put your ID in there or uh, connect your wallet and, and see your, your punk. Yes, so um, the attributes page is uh, the list of all the ratios and stuff, and we are taking in models. <laughs> So if you if you have like a lunar punk that you want to model for like a specific um attribute or an attribute count, you know, any of the genre you can ping me in the Discord. And then like if you see um in the attributes page there is a Lunar Punk Zero, that is my admin admin punk. This is not for sale forever. Yeah, so this one if you click into it, you will jump to the view page and it will load as a token. Yep, so this one is fairly new. I wanted to make um the attribute page sort of like a maybe something like a marketing page where you can link to your Lunar Punk directly. And another new feature is all the way at the bottom. Um, if you're looking at someone else's punk, you can add a bit to um that Lunar Punk NFT. Yep. So if the if the owner comes in and loads their token, they can uh, actually accept a bit or yeah. They can accept the bid if the price is right. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And is that all working right now? Yeah, it, it is nice. all working right now. Hell yeah. It's a little bit of alpha. I don't think... Did you announce that in the channel? Oh, shit. Oh, uh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't announce that. Yeah, so. <laughs> all right. I, People mm. are going to be excited when they hear that. I, I expect to see this marketplace popping. I'll tell you what, though. Oh, you, you won't see my cowboy up there. Nope. <laughs> <clears throat> Punk 108 right here. That's awesome too, because I'm like I'm from Montana, so I'm like I I'm not a cowboy personally, but I've seen a lot of cowboys, <laughs> so I, I definitely vibe with this guy. Nice, nice. Yeah, and if you want to model for for the website, I can put you up. Oh hell yeah! We can go up. Yeah, we can go up with um the two attributes, two attribute count, right? Because it's a two attribute punk, um, or the front beard. Cowboy hat, we can't do that because um, I think one of us has taken that spot. 110. 110 has taken that spot um, for Cowboy hat. I think that was Berlin. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, we minted around the same time and I was like, I'll check it out. Cowboy hats. Hell yeah. Boys. Nice. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. Does the one nice. on the site change oh i'm tripping I, th I thought i was like refreshing the page and i thought the one on the main page was like changing every time you loaded the page you should do that oh. that'd be cool <laughs> oh yes yeah that, that's cool that's a cool idea okay let oh, me note that down just thought of it this is really cool though i if you open source this like this is everything anybody would need to like get some of their cool art out there. Like I've been, I got an artist friend called trash clan on Instagram and we've been, uh, he's been 
drawing up all these cool bugs and we're going to release some Luna bugs and I'm trying to find a spot to mint them. And they're like, it's just so expensive for a fun project. And then the sites that are like totally reasonable are just kind of glitchy and buggy and not a good experience. And like, it's his first project doing NFTs and I don't want his launch to have like all these weird bugs and stuff, you know, like other than the bugs that we're releasing. So it's, it's been a, it's been a struggle, (laughs) I gotta say. And then like seeing your site, like this is super slick and uh, you've done a really good job, especially for just one person working on this man, like props. This, This is cool. Nice, thanks. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I remember you were mentioning about Bunk's collection. Yeah, and I yeah. I am considering that. I think um, there are a few others who are interested in deploying their own NFT collections, but you know they are having difficulties with the current marketplaces. Um, I think this is definitely like a concern for myself. I am I have to relook at the smart contract because there are a lot of things that the smart contract. Um, does not consider, for example, um, fairness of distribution in IPFS. Yeah, so I think if that is not a problem, um, yeah, it should be um, fast to to deploy something like that. Yeah, but I think it's still, I'm thinking of like something more scalable, right? It would be cool help. too if you could just mm-hmm. encourage people to not go the IPFS route and to do more like minting on chain, like true randomness or as, as random as, as the pseudo random noise can be, I suppose. Uh, it'd be cool to see more, more projects take advantage of that. <clears throat> this is a good point. Um, there's some difficulty though. Um, yeah. For, for example, um, for Luna Punks, right? Because it's pixel art. Right, so the data involved is really small. We are talking about like a 24 by 24 bitmap. So that's, that's super small in terms of data size. Um, I'm not sure about like uh, more established images, you know, images with uh, full pixel DPI, right? With a large DPI and in terms of like the pixels per, per image. Yeah, I think each pixel would cost size on the smart smart contract so i think we oh, might I have see. to think of a more creative way to handle um randomization for ipfs or like large images yeah i mm. see i i didn't understand that that's how if <clears throat> if it was larger like that's adding all this weight to the blockchain if it's if it's rendered that way as opposed to just getting the link to it you know hosted in a bucket somewhere It'd be awesome cool if you had like an on-the-fly raster that just took it and turned it into like a vector image real quick and then plotted it on a smaller, <laughs> like a smaller scale. You could have your blockchain version all pixelated and shit. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but then there would be like a pixel art. Yeah, so yeah, totally. Pixelate on-chain, on-chain pixelator. It would that's be an cool. NFT for your NFT, basically. <laughs> hey, that's a fabulous idea. That's Holy meta. cow. <laughs> I get them yeah. every now and again, but yeah, yeah it, it, it'd be cool to it. figure out how to do that for people. Cause like I, <clears throat> there's just the, the ones that exist out there. It for like an artist that's just getting started. If you go that route, you have to charge more, which I feel like takes away from 
that artist potentially like getting out there more, you know, like there, you have that, that cost barrier to entry that not necessarily everyone's going to, to, to go for. So unless you have a well-established artist and then people are like, Oh yeah, here's five Luna for your, for your art. Uh, I feel like people just getting started, like that's, that's a huge struggle. And then to, to mint, you know, the other route, I guess you have, you know, open sea, which you could just go on there like polygon, like what you were doing. Um, but it's not like a, it's not a mint in a traditional sense, I guess, uh, as far as, you know, being uh, hitting the button and, and getting spit out a random image, you know, a random bug or punk or whatever it may be. Right. Yes. The artist onboarding experience is probably the most important for new artists trying to enter blockchain. Um, and I think artists would most definitely sort of like um, not enjoy the business behind NFTs. Personally, I don't as well. So yeah, I think that's that's like a super valid point. And I believe that, you know, sometime down the road, um, there would be a fair marketplace out there. You know, a fair marketplace where artists can actually feel good selling their NFTs. Right, they can feel good, sort of like creating art and listing it on the blockchain. I think that's probably um, something that's the most important, right? Because at the end of the day, these artists are the ones creating, right? And the environment has to be um, good for them to um, start joining in, especially with the tech stuff. Yeah, you got to make it easier than like being able to just put your stuff up on Etsy or, or something, for example, you know, on, on Instagram and then link an Etsy store to it or whatever. But I, I, the whole like allure of like, you're, you're getting your art on the blockchain and like NFTs are obviously super hype right now. Everybody's like talking about them and, and everything. Uh, it just, yeah, you don't want that first experience to be rough and rugged, you know, like, I, I don't, I, I want him, like, if you go to his Instagram page, it's, it's more than just the bugs we're trying to do. Like he does cool art and I really want him to have a good experience of this and like be able to, to continue doing stuff and not have to, you know, pay a, a hundred Luna every time he wants to, to release a mint or something, at least not until he's, you know, actually making some, some coin doing it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting to think because like, um, blockchain started off as a form of decentralization. Like we want to take away the middleman, right? With blockchain, we're taking away the banks, um, on, okay, the banking services, right? And everything is now on the smart contracts and, you know, paying the validators and stuff like that that uphold the the blockchain. So yeah, I think the NFT space might be still relatively new. So maybe like, um, especially in Terra, right? In Terra ecosystem is fairly new. I think OpenSea is still doing great, great work. Yeah. Yeah, but I think in Terra, maybe we, sh we should think about like um, power back to the people as well. Um, less of businesses um, taking control, um, maybe more back to the people somehow or another. Yeah, but I, I get where the current marketplaces are uh, positioned. You know, it's a it's a huge um, lot of work to get where they are, and yeah, kudos to them. Yeah, but I think blockchain is for everyone, and hopefully, we can. Um, get more NFTs artists into our space. I think Luna is great. Terra ecosystem is a great place um, to 
to have innovation, right? The transaction fees are low. So innovation can really start off and spark off from here. So hopefully more NF uh, artists will come here and yeah, I hope to be part of it. Yeah, it's definitely the first one I recommend whenever like an artist asks me. I don't know. I don't really have lots of artists asking me, but the ones that do, I'm always like, I used to to always be about Ada and stuff, but then when Luna Loot got me into Terra, like I started, the more I read on, the more I was like, holy shit, this is like, this is definitely the way. But like, I still dabble in, in, uh, Ada like NFTs, just kind of look on on CNFT and see what's on there. And every time I find a cool artist, I always try and hop in their Discord and be like, you know, these are really cool. Be a lot cooler if they were over on on Terra, <laughs> and like trying to kind of lure them in. Because <laughs> yeah, without the artists, like all we're gonna have is just shitty clip art, you know, NFTs, and nobody yeah. wants shitty clip art NFTs anymore. Come on. Yeah. So the thing about. Terra, why I think um, it's a great place as well. Maybe from a technical perspective, um, yeah, I might not be um, exactly right, but from what I see, that um, Terra is using like Rust, and Rust is actually pretty efficient. Um, it has a pre-runtime compiler that makes um, the code slightly more efficient. Um, yeah, so, and it's part of like the Cosmos. Um, blockchain right so it can communicate between other blockchains as well so i think the future is pretty bright for terra yeah so if you ask me i think i'm going to ape into terra <laughs> all in yeah. not financial advice all in not financial advice at all. <laughs> yeah this is my my personal 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 opinion yep right this is just a work of fiction don't worry Mm-hmm. Uh, before we wrap this up, what uh, what other NFT projects are you into? Are, are there any other ones you're holding or you're uh, looking forward to the launch of? Anything like that? I've actually been super busy, so I haven't really looked into NFTs. I'm less of an investor now. I'm more towards sort of like creating. Well, there's always room for an extra dev here at Intern Capital, so definitely feel free to, to come by and... and Throw us a throw us a hand every now and again. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, man, thanks for for coming on the show and chatting. Uh, looking forward to to seeing the the community grow and everything. Uh, if you want to mint one of these, you go to lunapunks.io and hit the Discord link and come hang out in the community and see what the the daily thing is, and we'll see if we can get. Hippie, uh, a couple people in there to to help guide this, so he doesn't have to spend time sending me whitelist passwords to send to you all. <laughs> uh, I definitely don't mind it though. But for real, stop messaging me. We'll uh, we'll get them out when uh, when he's ready. So yes, yes, appreciate uh, it so much, uh, Finton. I think it's an honor to be here. I love your podcast, and yeah, I'll, I'll keep tuning in. Oh yeah, lunapunks.io. Uh, we'll put links in the show notes over on terraspaces.org for uh, the Twitter and the Discord as well. But definitely go check out the site, check out the cool mentor and the attributes, and uh, yeah, more marketplace developments. And uh, yeah, be sure to hang out in the Discord. That's where all the uh, the whitelisting will happen. So, 
Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. I'm Finn. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and we've got a bunch of shows coming up uh, this week. Some days, I think tomorrow we have two shows. Uh, you can check out the schedule. I actually made a live public schedule on terraspaces.org on the top menu there. Just hit schedule, and that'll show you who's coming up and who's been on the show. And uh, yeah, you can kind of plan around that. Should be a good time. Lots of neat projects coming up. So I uh, appreciate the support. We also, on the contact page, I think, we threw a couple people were asking if we had uh, a wallet for TerraSpaces, and we didn't. I never really thought to make one. So uh, I made one, and it's on uh, the contact page. If uh, you want to send it NFTs or, or bag of dick NFTs uh, from, from Lude, that'd be awesome. I've sent it one of my own, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you on the next show. When I'm ripping and rapping, I ain't picking the bastards who be tricking the masses into getting their asses kicked. Feels like I've been getting my masters. Fuck a pump and double like the income that's passive. Raise up the bar before I fly right past it. I'll be writing rhymes till they put me in a casket. Old man shit, put the lotion on its skin. Then put that shit back in the damn basket like Buffalo Bill, the way I'm ruffling feathers. Snuffing out debt, cut the heads off collectors. Keep a couple heads in a jar as keepsakes. And take the rest and turn them into freebase. Upgrade the feelings, supply the free base Looking all professional, tools in the briefcase Running on empty from gassing up my teammates First one down, let me know how that sleep tastes impossible defending the plausible from end to demonstrable the mission isn't even worried about the clearance running interference till our enemies fear us we're only one disappearance away from a bad day everybody trying to save face on the last day feeling fancy about to pull out the mass eh? drop the eight ball in passing that's so passe i'm getting nasty you cannot put it past me a mix between blasphemy and tuck everlasting feeling like a masterpiece looking like a tragedy trying to get through another day full of savagery getting headstrong from working in the mess hall all hands on deck waiting for our next haul i need the rest got big plans to eject so feed the grass and keep off the kleenex i am interested in magic because i am fascinated with psychology i love to learn about how people make inferences how they draw conclusions and find patterns and information and in particular i'm interested in all that can go wrong uh, how an individual can be led astray from certain cognitive vulnerabilities or exploited. down the street with my sack of tricks no one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks it's the podcast yeah it's the podcast i said i'm walking down the street with my sack of tricks no one ever guessed it's my bag of dicks it's the podcast motherfucking podcast